Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's been a great week weather-wise. Lots of severe weather in the plains. We will get to that here shortly. But immediate concerns today, severe weather. And as we have talked about on the show a lot, we'll see you know the one-day outlook, the two-day, three, four, all the way out to eight-day outlook from the Storm Prediction Center in Norman, Oklahoma. And we have said a lot that, okay, days one, two, three, Chances are by the time we actually get to that forecast, you know, they'll always up the forecast from a moderate to a slight or, you know, go slight to high or high to severe, whatever you want to do. Always up in the risk category. Well, today, no exception. Started out as a, like uh, most of the most of the Midwest is going to be in a general thunder, thunderstorm threat. And then there might be a little bit areas in marginal. Well, sure enough, it's been popping and Colorado's getting hit really hard. Yeah, and they were actually hit hard earlier this week, too. So, yeah, they um, they were a slight this morning, as well as parts of, like, Louisiana, Mississippi, yep. Alabama. And then they put an enhanced up there, and I think it's Kansas. Right. It's portions of eastern Colorado and Kansas. Uh, the SPC website, as we're taping this, <laughs> Sunday afternoon is down. It's not loading, which is just fantastic. However, the Twitter is still up, but... <laughs> I, but I need to keep track because our slight for tomorrow has actually changed a couple times just today. It has. I'm still in it, but it's, you know, it's changed. And like we always say, the lines don't matter, but they've just been adjusting it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow as well. But yeah, Colorado was getting it earlier this week and here they are getting it again. Yes, so, they are. So severe thunderstorm watch has been posted for most of eastern Colorado until 7 p.m. Mountain. The main hazard will be wind gusts up to 70 miles an hour, but isolated large hail is also possible. Follow National Weather Service Boulder, Pueblo, and Goodland for latest warning information. So that's up. Um, they did issue just a little bit ago. Thank God Twitter is still up. Um, severe wind and marginally severe hail remain possible in again areas of extreme eastern colorado very slight portions of nebraska and the very very northwest tip of kansas but pretty awesome it's you know we're we're in may here we are you know so it's it's kicking off with a bang you know and tomorrow is may 3rd and everybody really gets excited when there's severe weather on may 3rd because of what's happened on May 3rd in the past, you know, so, you know, that happened in 99 and I've been watching that coverage this this last week because I have an addiction, but, um, I want to say, because I, I understand people's thinking like, Ooh, this is May 3rd. It's going to get exciting. And they, it's, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit more overhyped. Right. Because it's May 3rd. Sure. And here's the deal. In the plains in this part of the country in May, the whole month is prime time, prime ingredient setup for severe weather. So the likelihood of another significant severe weather event on a day that's already had a significant weather event in the past is really not that far of a stretch. Right. 
and we know that history is bound to repeat itself. The likelihood of having a major outbreak on the same day, calendar-wise, any given year, is always equal chances, right? It could happen, it could not happen. But yes, May 3rd, absolutely one of the textbook examples of as weather nerds and meteorologists all look at as this is the setup that you want to have a severe weather outbreak. And again, anytime that we see, you know, dark green, yellow, orange, or pink and red colors on the map on May 3rd, you're automatically going to, you know, flash back to that being like, oh, is this going to be a repeat of what we've already gone through? Yes, which is totally natural. And I get where that adds a little of excitement and not excitement in a happy way, just like excitement in like a, oh, you know, we need to like watch kind of way. But I just think that, you know, like I said, it's not really that far of a stretch to have another significant weather event on the same days that it's been in the past when this is a month where it's very likely to happen. I mean, if you go back in the past, I'm sure there's been a significant weather event on every single day of May. Oh, that's very true. Speaking of that, I'm looking at a a Twitter post from um, Simon Brewer, who we follow on Twitter in Mm -hmm. his weather pick of the day. He says it's a striated tornadic supercell drop softball size hail over Northeast Oklahoma city Metro 13 years ago today, May 1st, 2008. See, yeah, there you go. So there has been something nuts happen probably on almost every single day of May, if not every single sure. day. I want to. And 2013 knocked out two of those days for us. So right, and 100, percent 100. percent And I want to say there is a Twitter account called like Oklahoma Tornadoes. We'll say on this date this happened tornado wise in the state of Oklahoma, and I believe yeah. they do have something listed for every single day. And again, as you just said, it's May. It's chase season in the plains, you know, (laughs) late April, most of May into early June is primetime tornado setup. So we're not surprised. Exactly. Like this is, this is the time kind of a thing. So, I mean, we'll see what today holds tomorrow, the rest of the month. I've seen some people talking about the very end of May, how there looks to be a potential. And I'm like, okay, well, that's 30 days away. Let's all relax. Like (laughs) that's strictly based on a computer model. That's using what's happening around the globe right now. Yeah. And it very well could pan out. Like sure. it panning out's not a stretch either. It's May, like we just said, but it's still just like, okay, let's focus on the next, you know, four to eight days like we always do and not get hype about something that's several weeks away just right. yet. Well, speaking of getting hyped, you had the chance to go out with some friends this week and do some storm chasing on Tuesday. I'm very jealous. Um, I will say this. I was highly disappointed at the lack of, uh, video and photos you sent me. I was sitting because at, nothing I, happened. I, I know, I know, but we'll get to that. But I was sitting <laughs> at work on like I had hyped you up to all of my bosses and my coworkers. I'm like, listen, if I get a text, I'm gonna turn on my phone. I'm gonna watch some storm coverage because my friend is out live, you know, storm chasing with a bunch of her friends, and this could be one of those days that we talk about for a long time. So I was really hyping you up with the hopes that my hype from the West Coast would help hype up what you saw, but. You got to tell me about your storm chasing activities on Tuesday because I'm extremely jealous, but I'm extremely happy that you got to do it. Well, it was, it was awesome. You know, like the week before they had already issued, you know, okay, Tuesday's looking like a a pretty decent day. So I took off work several days prior to this past Tuesday, you know, thinking, okay, this is going to be a really big day. Um, I've already had this invite out to come chase with this team and, 
I'm just going to take off work in preparation. And so, of course, they were still going out. Um, we were sent west um, to Clinton, which is far western Oklahoma. It's getting close to the Texas border, but not right on it. But it's it's out that way. Um, How long of a drive is it from Oklahoma City to Clinton? Uh, like almost two hours, okay. but um, not the way that this chase team drives. It was less than that. <laughs> Fair enough. So about a, a hundred miles or so, maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay. give or take, and and I think we got out there in like an hour and twenty minutes, hour and a half kind of thing. Sounds like me uh, when I used to drive to college. Well, you know, and I mean, they're they're in the vehicle that's clearly labeled with who they are, and we did pass a cop, and that was out with his little gun out, you know, like getting sure. everybody speed, and we're going like ninety down the highway, and I was like, oh my god, nothing happened, so. <laughs> Note to but, self: Build chase vehicle with lots of logos. Exactly, exactly. Put a put a nice truck wrap on it, and <laughs> yes, uh, and you're good. <laughs> uh, but we, I did leave from their house. Like they keep their chase vehicle at their house. Um, I've seen it out around town, and sometimes they take it to the bar and whatever. But anyways, met at their house at like one. We left from there at about one thirty and headed out to Clinton. Um, and nothing was happening, so we kept going a little further west to Elk City. And still nothing was happening. We were kind of waiting for direction. We were just kind of chilling in a parking lot talking. We stopped and grabbed some snacks, had a bathroom break, whatever. Um, the inside of the truck's amazing. It's a huge truck, very roomy back seat, lots of electronics going on. I mean, I'm talking power strips uh-huh. and all this stuff like wi-fi enhancers and i'm like this is a car <laughs> right <laughs> this is not a house this is a car there's not like electricity you know there's no og e bill for this car like how do we have a power strip and all this stuff in there so right that was amazing um he had his own personal cell phone set up and then he had the phone that you call into the station with. And I know this was something me and you talked about earlier in the week about how they communicate with the station. They are connected to the station the entire time. Yeah. And we can like hear when the meteorologist comes on as a cut in on TV. We can hear that in the car. Okay. And so if he says, Hey, so-and-so, what do you see right now? Or what's going on? That person just like unmutes their phone starts talking gotcha yeah so it's like the whole time so it was kind of quiet while we were going just because we were listening to that and when there's not any tv cut in you can hear all the chasers talking amongst themselves as well as to the station yeah so it was like this big group zoom meeting not on video but that people were just like commenting in and out of um and so that was really cool because some chase teams got to go south and were right. chasing a storm and bringing it across the Red River, which that was the big show. We didn't see anything out west. Nothing popped up out west. We had some rain, some thunder, a um, little bit of pea-sized hail at one point, but that was about it. The big show was way far south that was brought up into Oklahoma. And that's just the luck of the draw. You know, when you sure. have multiple teams, you scatter them out. Maybe not everybody sees something. So let me ask you this. So you were in Elk City. Um, Mm -hmm. you had the tornado warning to your South. Could you see the cumulus cloud from Elk city or was it just too cluttered with other stuff between you and where that was? That was way far South and out, not even in Oklahoma. Okay. Well, I know, but I would just, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was too far. We couldn't, we couldn't really see anything, but it was really cool because 
the chase team that was on that was in that, you know, group talking about what they were seeing and what they, you know, was what was going on. So we were still able to hear what was going on. And then we just pulled up their live stream on our phones. I'm I'm not kidding. The amount of like <laughs> weather activity going on in just this truck was just bonkers. You know, they have their big camera set up, which is the one that you can see on TV live streaming right. stuff. And you could, it had a little monitor attached to it. So you could like see what the camera was seeing and stuff like that. There's also a full laptop set up for the passenger with radar on it. It was just magical. I'm just going to say that. Right. It makes you want to go, like I said, buy a truck and start stocking it out. It was just, it was just amazing. It was, it was just amazing. And I just, I don't know. I just, I really want to keep doing it and go again. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, so you said you got to stop for snacks and bathroom breaks. Was it timed? Like, hey, we got to make this quick? Or was it something where it's like, I know that we're heading west to the counter. Maybe we'll see something. Maybe we won't. But did you guys like have any type of time frame? Um, not really. It was mostly like, so this is where they wanted us to go. Once we got there, we would just kind of check in. Hey, here we're here now. And they'd be like, okay, hang tight. And then 20, 30 minutes would go by. Obviously, we're all watching the radar like a hawk. Nothing's popping up anywhere. So we would check back in. Or the station would reach out to us first. And we would just be like, where where do we need to go next? Do you want us to come back east a little bit, go south? What do you want us to do? There wasn't a lot of uh, urgency at this point because nothing was happening around us. So we were able to just stop and do what we needed to do. I mean, obviously not just dawdle and, you know, whatever, because sure. you never know. And and distance was a thing. So if we did need to get somewhere quickly, the more time we had to get there, the better. But at this point, it wasn't urgent. Now, if it was urgent, you still have to stop to get gas sometimes, you know right. what I mean? So if it was urgent, we would have just had to been booking it. Like, if you need to pee, I'm fueling the truck. You have two minutes, run in, pee, and whatever. Right. But just that day for us, it wasn't urgent. But I will say the team that was in Texas that was chasing that tornado and bringing it into Oklahoma, at one point he said, I am getting low on fuel. I still have a little ways, but we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. And the last gas station we went to, they didn't have any diesel. Oh, lovely. And so, yeah, there was like a small period where (laughs) even the chief meteorologist at the station was like, uh okay, hold on, we're going to look for you. And he got back on and said, hey, we see a gas station. We're going to call for you to see if it's open. And if it's about to close, we're going to tell them to stay open for you. So that was really cool to see the interaction between, like what goes on off camera. Right. Between everyone in the field and the station. And there was some joking going on and like, you know, it was very casual and very nice. And so that was was really cool to see. And it it makes me want to see what that would look like on a crazy day, like a May 3rd or something like that, to just see what the vibe is in the air. You know, I bet it's incredibly intense, but also kind of awesome at the same time. No, I, 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 my guess would be that it would be. I mean, the fact that you guys, okay, you're still chasing a tornado. And this one was, you know, a big tornado. It was rain-wrapped. Um, mm-hmm. They had, you know, reports of damage. So, again, it's it's something that's a big deal. But if you're calm, again, you know, you guys know what you're doing, so that must have been nice to have that, you know, in the back of your mind. Like, okay, if something were to happen, these guys know what they're doing. 
and obviously, Bonnie, you know what you're doing. You've you've gone chasing, you know, numerous times before, but still, you know, that peace of mind must have been nice. Yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely nice to be like, look, these, you know, this particular team has been out during all those big events. You know, May third, ninety nine, they were chasing in twenty thirteen. So that's not, you know, they have they have been out in big, small, and medium events. So I felt really like, okay, we're good. They know if we're getting too close to something, they know how close we are and we need to back up and whatever. So I, you know, that was nice to feel like, Hey, we are out in it, but not really putting ourselves in danger. Right. Because they've chased so much. Do they have like any cool stories of, you know, say you're driving through Elk city, be like, Oh, you know, we chased a storm here in X year, or we saw this along the highway here. Anything like that? It it was interesting because, well, first of all, the, their windshield was already busted. Oh, wow. And, yeah, from the last chase that they had done, you know, in the weeks prior, and he just hadn't had a chance to go replace it. And they replace it, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> at the station. Yeah. Nice. I don't know if they get reimbursed or not. I'm I sure. didn't ask that far, but they are the ones that are responsible for going to get it done. And it's very interesting because they have a lot of connections. Like he oh, was yeah. basically talking like if I, he was like, I was so busy at work, but he's like, I really meant to just run up to the glass place and have them replace my windshield real quick. I was like, I could not run up to the glass place and be like, Hey, can you replace my windshield in the next 30 minutes? They'd be like, um, there's a line. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But these guys, you know, have connections and stuff so that they, they can actually do that. And so I just thought that that was really interesting. Um, I feel like I had something else. I was where I was going with that, but no, you know, that's, that's interesting though. And again, um, you know, we've joked about, you know, off air about finding sponsors, like for this podcast or finding sponsors for other things. If you are a storm chaser, you have to have some type of sponsorship, right? Obviously, if you're chasing with a team that is affiliated with a TV station like you were, there are going to be some built-in things through that because you have salespeople at the TV station that are going to do that. And if you watch any type of news coverage these days, you know that every single thing is sponsored, whether it be your seven-day, your 10-day, the traffic report, the overall weather report, your sports report, um, you know, some type of breaking news stuff is occasionally sponsored. But if you're an independent chaser, I mean, look, look at what Reed Timmer's done, right? Reed has had to go out and get his own sponsors for his own teams uh, to help with the science stuff and, you know, the storm chasing aspect of what he wants to do. But it takes money. And so that doesn't surprise me that these guys have connections. And again, being with it, who they are and who they're chasing for, you know, I think it would be a little bit easier than, say, just, you know, a ho-hum chaser to roll up and be like, listen, I was out chasing today. My windshield's gone. Can you replace it? And, you know, they'd be like, hey, yeah, it's a it's a three hour wait. Right. Right. Or we can't get to you till next week or right. something like that, you know. But, yeah, when it comes to when you're more established or you're with a bigger, you know, agency like a news station, then they're going to, you know, bring you in first. And that totally makes sense. It's just very, very cool to see that, oh, absolutely. you know, that kind of connection. But um, but you're right. They do have sponsors all over their truck wrap. They have different different sponsors and they're all different for all the trucks, you know. Oh, yeah. And and that's just it's just very it's very interesting the way that it works. But it kind of makes sense because, you know, like I said, they have to replace their windshield or back window or side window or, you know, whatever happens because, I mean, your chase vehicle is going to get beat up, you know, and right. that's just, that's just how it is. You know, the hail comes with a supercell. That's, that's life. Right. I mean, so. again, not to bring up, you know, this is not the Reed Timmer, uh, you know, chase podcast, but 
Uh, he's posted a bunch of videos, of, I believe, his old Subaru that he still goes out chasing in, which blows my mind because I have two questions. One, you have a Subaru, bro, that's dented to you. Hell, but it keeps on ticking, which is great. So props to that. You know, I want to know how many miles are on it. But two, why aren't you out in the Dominator? Like that's that- well, and and maybe that's. I've wondered that too, and I wonder if that's only on certain occasions, or if he has to have permission to use it. Because is it his, or is does it is it Channel Four thing? I that's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I would think it's his, but I mean, because Dominator one through you know, I think that five of them now, right? Are they up to five? I think so. Um, you know, four for sure. Yeah. I mean, those were his babies. Those were his creations. So I don't know. Maybe if he is just chasing out for uh, K4, he has to be out in the dominator. But, you know, when he's going out chasing on his own, I would still take, you know, the biggest level of protection I could get. But that's just me. Maybe his Subaru is all reliable, you know, maybe, maybe he's got good luck in it. And that's maybe. why he likes to chase in it. <laughs> very, very well could have very well could have. So. Well, it was it was it was so fun going out and it was just interesting to see kind of the behind the scenes of what you see right during coverage, you know, it's like okay, here's what's going on to make the coverage work for you and you know, they were back out on Wednesday and I I wasn't with them because, you know, like we were talking about before we taped, Wednesday kind of popped up out of nowhere. Right. And it was a little bit unexpected. So I'm sure that they're just sitting at home and then they get a call that they're like, yo, something's popping up to the West. We need you to head out, you know, and it right. was just, you know, like unexpected in a sure. way. Well, let's talk about Wednesday because like you said, you know, um, Rick Smith from SPC and the Norman office sent out a tweet saying, you know, I'm seeing a lot of these things about how these things weren't, you know, properly warned ahead of time. Yeah, yes and no. Yeah, the warnings came up. Listen, you can't issue a, a severe thunderstorm warning without an actual severe thunderstorm, right? Yeah. You just you like have just to... because a storm pops up, you have no idea what it's going to do. Like when exactly. it first pops up, it's a little baby thunderstorm. You don't know if it's going to get severe or not. Exactly. And listen, we know that in the plains anywhere, actually anywhere in the world, you can have a baby thunderstorm grow into a monster supercell within minutes. Mm-hmm. Or die within minutes, right. you know, or just stay the same for a little while. Like it just, sure. you can't know until it happens. Perfect example yesterday, before we get to Wednesday, uh, down just north of Fort Worth, Texas, Texas Motor Speedway, IndyCar is having a doubleheader this weekend. They had a race last night and they have a race this afternoon. They were worried about rain coming in and you could see this entire shield of heavy rain, thunderstorms moving north toward Fort Worth and literally as it got to the Fort Worth city limits, the storm basically split into two and dissipated, which was and fascinating to watch on radar. Yeah, and you know that happens here where a storm sure. just splits, and that happens around Norman a lot. And so there's a Norman bubble going on, <laughs> um, a little rumor, and people make a joke about that all the time. But that was not the case on Wednesday. There right. was no bubble. Well, we have we have the dome. We call it the dome out here. Um, yeah. in the Pacific Northwest and usually it exists only over one or two places and wherever it happens to be where my friend Jeff Rates lives. So he used to live in Felony Flats, so it'd be called the Felony Flats Dome. Then he moved to Clackamas and then that's the Clackamas Dome. Now he's moved to Northwest Portland. There's the Northwest Portland Dome. So it's, it's quite hilarious. Wow. I mean, it's truthfully, it's his dome. It sounds like he just carries that with him. <laughs> I love the fact that he lived in a town called Felony Flats, which is not really a name of a town. It's more of a general area in a certain part of Portland, but we call it a town, so. Oh, that works. It we works. all have that, you know. We have those little nicknames for parts of towns, and they're not always the nicest nicknames. That is true. But, that you is know. true. All right, so, yeah, Wednesday, 
Um, and you and I talked about Wednesday, you know, just on text, but I see a notification that, you know, our favorite meteorologist, David Payne's live. And I was like, holy crap. I mean, and again, we knew that there was some slight chance of thunderstorms, but nothing big. But, you know, every time I get a notification that it's a live cut in on Facebook, I'm like, hmm, something's up. Sure enough, tune yeah. in. And they're like, oh, we got some, you know, storms popping to the west. And I think I even texted you like, hey, it looks like you guys are going to get some action. And Bonnie, it went from eh, ho-hum garden variety thunderstorm to uh, this is going to do a lot of damage. Oh, my God. It went into a monster storm. I mean, in in like no time at all. And I was actually in Norman off of I-35 and Robinson eating. And it was like 845, 830 maybe. And I hadn't checked my phone in a while. I mean, I'm eating with friends. Like I just put my phone away and I pull up my phone. I have all these notifications that there's a severe thunderstorm warning, a couple of texts from different people. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting it because here's the deal. When we got down to Norman while the sun was still out, there was a double rainbow. And I was like, okay, things are clearing up. And that they'd even been saying that all over Twitter, like this, you know, we're, we're kind of done for the day. You know, they thought more was going to happen, but it didn't. And so I just kind of, the weather wasn't on my radar. <laughs> no pun <laughs> intended. I was like, right. No pun intended because I, you know, it was, it, the atmosphere was kind of worked over and, but the skies did start to clear over Norman in the evening. And I don't know if that helped kind of fuel the atmosphere a little bit to help that thunderstorm get big once it hit Norman. But I mean, we got out of there, out of the restaurant, got onto I-35, got off on Indian Hills road and was driving West and it started to pour down rain and we were getting hit with nickels. And we got out of that pretty quickly. Like we got out of Norman in minutes before it got pummeled and destroyed and just just destroyed and the thing is when I came back down there later that evening to take pictures one thing I really want to point out is that everything parking lots cars everything was covered in vegetation off the trees right now let's preface this because we haven't told everybody what happened it was not a tornado no. Bonnie, this was a hailstorm and not just a typical Oklahoma hailstorm. This was one that I, I don't know if it's going to go down and setting records in the amount of size of hail, but you're getting softball size hail at this point. Yeah. And we have had a few in the past pretty decent hailstorms that have that have come through and done this. And this this was probably one of the worst. And just a side note, this was happening in Dallas and in San Antonio at the same time. Yes. All along I-35 in these three major cities is either a severe thunderstorm warning for hail or a tornado warning. So that was just crazy. That was all happening at the same time. And that was basically it. Between all of that, there wasn't really anything happening. So that was very interesting and weird to me. Yeah, and earlier in the day, um, you had San Antonio and Dallas-Fort Worth both in a tornado warning with active tornadoes on the ground simultaneously happening, moving into two of the largest Texas cities again. Total coincidence, but occasionally you have stuff like this pop up. Yeah, and it was just it was just so so weird. And I know a couple of people who live down around the Dallas area, and that was one of the people who texted me. And he was like, he, "I work with him," and he was like, "You know, you storm chasers should be down here." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> we're dealing with our own situation right now." <laughs> right. But then I was watching his storm too, and I was like, "Look, you know." you are actually in a tornado warning and whatever, and you need to be careful and hail and stay away from the West window block, you know, just doing what I do. But 
I, yeah, I was completely, and I don't want to say this like caught off guard by that storm, but I kind of was, it just, you know, and it went zero to 60 in like five seconds. It was a nothing storm to here you go. Norman looks like Swiss cheese, you know? Right. And again, if you, you know, we talk about this show about having ways to consume weather, right? Weather warnings constantly, you know, and you said weather was off your radar that night. And again, you still had your phone with you, but your phone's in your purse. So you're not necessarily going to hear the alert go off or get the text message from the National Weather Service or, you know, the EAS. Again, you have a smartwatch. Great. Is it linked? It needs to be. But you can still have all of the technology and you can still be a weather phenomenon, you know, and a weather geek like you and I are. And we still miss things. Yeah. Because normal life sometimes supersedes things and we do let our guard down. And we are not saying by any stretch of the imagination you need to be up on weather 24-7. But when you live right. in areas that are more severe weather prone, maybe just take an extra minute. Maybe keep your phone. Don't put it in your purse. Keep it on the table. I know that's rude to do at dinner, but, you know, maybe during storm season, it's acceptable. Yeah. Well, and especially on days where there was a chance throughout the day and maybe there's still one in the evening, even if it's starting to diminish. You know what I mean? Like, but if that vibe is already in the air, you should still be paying attention. And I should have still been paying attention. And luckily I checked it when I did and, you know, we hustled out of there when we did and we were done eating at that point too. So it was kind of really just perfect timing that we got right. out of there when we did. But I did tell them, you know, my, the friends that I was with, I was like, look, we should probably like, let's try to pay real quick and let's get out of here because this hail is headed this way. And even at that point, the hail was not looking as big as it eventually got once it got into Norman. Right. But it was still looking like I don't want us to be on the road while this is happening. No, and again, so I'm looking right now at the tweet that you had retweeted from our friends at Coco TV. Um, the Hill Tracker, uh, Michael Armstrong sent it out. I mean, this line extends from Carnegie to Gracemont. It splits Amber and Tuttle. It goes through downtown Norman, you know, just south of Moore, all the way out to the east side of town, Grand Casino, Shawnee, before it finally wraps up around Prague. Um that's a long track for a storm to be dumping large amounts of hail. Yeah. Yeah. Large, large hail. I think it got the largest in Norman, but I mean, still, if the winds are 45, 50 miles an hour and it's a golf ball, not a softball, that is still going to do a lot. lot of damage. I mean, you could throw a golf ball out a window and break it and Absolutely. you're definitely not throwing it 45 miles an hour. So, right. you know, I mean, that was the other factor was the winds. And I mean, you were looking at it with me that it looked like it was trying to form a little bit of a hook. Yes, it was. But I just think that, um, down at the lower levels, the wind wasn't really conducive for tornadoes, but that's why we had the big hail because at the mid levels, the wind was strong enough and the mesocyclone was strong enough to get that hail to the size that it was and then throw it down. And that's why there was damage from, the north and west in some places, not just the west. Right. Was because of that mesocyclone, which is that rotating column of air in the mid-levels. So it was just a very interesting, crazy event. And it almost makes me want to go buy a used car that's damaged down there right now because it's going to be cheap. <laughs> so they, <laughs> And then I'll have a chase vehicle. <laughs> they do. So they do legitimately have hail sale, right? Yeah. Yeah, they okay. do. And I think they replace the windshields and back windshields. Right. But... They're not going to uh, buff out all. Buy. Yeah, they're not going to, you know, pull up all the dents in yeah, the in, in the body. They're just like, this is how it is. Do you do you want it? And 
you know? So yeah, they do. And I mean, that part of I-35 is known as the mile of cars because there are several dealerships lined up right there. And I mean, you know, I don't know if you watched any of that, the cut in of that, um, traffic light that got destroyed by the hail. Oh, it was, it was crazy. Like you could see all the little pieces of the traffic light just gone because the hail had just torn it down from the pole and thrown it down on the ground. It was crazy. It was crazy. But you saw all my pictures, right? Of everything. Yep. That Sonic sign and all the windshields and like the crest is the grocery store. Um, in that parking lot, I saw another car when I was leaving crest and it was a nice car. It was, I can't remember if it was a Corvette or if it was like a Mustang Shelby or something. All busted up windshield. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, any car with busted up windshield is not good. But you know when you see those really nice sports cars and you're like, mm, that kind of hurts my soul Yeah, you kind of cringe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I felt really bad because some people had pulled up under, like Crest has little like pull up, little driveway things. Right. So there, it is covered, but um, not super covered. And so that car just didn't quite make it and that parking lot was completely flooded too like like flooded like water was flowing it was right. flooded so much the video that you have and i retweeted a bunch of these on our weather podcast page on twitter at weather podcast go check it out and then you follow bonnie as well her link is there to see everything else that she posted but you know you mentioned finding cover and i know that they say during a tornado do not see cover under a overpass which makes total sense however please believe in a hailstorm i will and I mean, that's also dangerous just because sure. then people will start stopping in the middle in the lanes. Like what, if you're pulled over on the shoulder 100%. under the overpass, yeah. that's fine, but yeah. you risk clogging it. And that's, but what else are you supposed to do if there's baseballs coming down at your car? You're like, I can't, right. I can't drive in this safely. So yeah, it's, it was a very, um, it was a very scary storm, honestly, and I feel bad for people who were there and ha- their houses that were hit. I mean, there were some pictures of hail that had come all the way through their roof and their ceiling right, into their house. And so that's huge damage. A lot of people had windows of their homes blown out, you know, and um, I can only imagine how loud it was and how long it's going to take to replace all this. You know, like thousands and thousands of homes and cars that need windows replaced, like that's going to take a lot of time and I also worry about the scams that are always out there after bad weather, you know, sure. and it's, it's, it's a scary situation, but I want to say there was lead time. That warning right. for that storm came out like 32 or 28 minutes prior to the storm even hitting Norman. So that is a lot of lead time for you to, you know, leave target and go home or right. whatever. I will say this. I'm really now starting to get a good understanding of why when we watch live storm coverage, especially hurricanes that people are picking parking garages. Yeah. Because it just, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's sturdy. Yeah, you can still get debris that comes in, but you got a lot more protection by putting a lot of layers of, you know, concrete and rebar between you and water and you and air moving. So, um, yeah, parking garage is where it's at. There is a place, so out here in the Northwest, there aren't a lot of places to see lots of land that are flat. I mean, obviously our topography here in the Northwest is very different than what you have there. I mean, you guys are majority flats, but you do have rolling hills, which are very pretty. And I do love the Midwest landscape out here in the Northwest. We have constantly, you know, we have a thousand foot high Hills. We have mountains, but there are occasionally some places where once you get into the Willamette Valley, it is very flat and you can see long distances. One of my favorite chase spots is 
at the little town called Malala, which we talked about last fall when we had the fires. It was a town that was evacuated because of wildfires that were moving off the Cascades into the Willamette Valley. There's a little community church that sits on this little rise, and you have this great view off to the west of the Cascades. And every time I go storm chasing to watch one of these big thunderstorms roll off the mountains, I'll park there because for one reason, one reason only, they have a overcover. And I can just park my car right underneath it by the front door, not bothering anybody. Church is never open when I'm there, and I just sit there and wait. And know that if I do get hail, my car's not going to get a blown-out windshield. Yeah, and that's so good. And and that's part of why I don't really chase much is because this, this car I have is a brand-new brand new 2020, oh, yeah. and I just don't. That's why I was saying I want to see if any used cars down there at any of those dealerships are a good price or not and just have, you know, that's what you want to chase in, a good car that's got a good engine, but one that, Absolutely. like, if you've got some dents in it or whatever, you're not going to be sad. No, I mean, go listen, go go to the GMC dealership. Go to the Dodge dealership. See if they have any of their, you know, SUVs or trucks that are heavily discounted because they've been heavily damaged. I mean, it really seems like it could be worth it. So maybe I'll have to yeah. do that. I'll have to do some research online, see if any of those dealerships put yeah. anything online. Yeah, keep me posted. Um, One thing I but do But they want... do that because they got to get them out of there so they Absolutely. can get cars that are damaged back in. Absolutely. <laughs> and again, it now becomes an insurance issue, right? Because yeah. these dealerships have bought these cars and they got to get the money for them as much as they can. So, which I think is bad. One thing I do want to talk about Tuesday real quick. Uh, we mentioned the tornado that the other teams were on down south near the Red River. That particular cell was very interesting because it was a, obviously it was a supercell. But Bonnie, this thing peeled off the main line and the flow that day was everything was going from southwest to northeast. But this storm did a peel off and this thing started moving due east. Yeah. And it was fascinating to watch. And we know what that means, that that, you know, when a storm turns right like that, that it does grow in intensity a little bit and get a little bit stronger. And the funny thing is when I was sitting at the storm chase team's house, before we left, we were looking at the radar and talking about it and stuff. And I was like, look, the only thing that's happening right now is this little storm just Southwest of Lubbock. And you know, there's not, it's nothing. It's not severe warned or anything, but that's the only real right quote game in town right now. And that's the one that ended up putting that tornado down that went through pretty much the same areas as the other storm did the week prior. Yep. Um, in the areas of, I think it's Vernon and like Kwana or Kana or something. Yep. Right there, Davidson, right on the Oklahoma Texas border. Yep. And then of course it crosses the Red River, right around the I forty four area, and came into Oklahoma. And I'll be honest, I don't really remember how far north or east it went, but. It stayed pretty strong. I think all the way to Lawton, actually. Yeah, it did. And um, again, if you want to see what we're talking about, it's on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast. Um, I took a video loop of it from Radar Scope and posted it because it was fantastic to see. Again, you get the mesoscale, and that thing starts churning, and then all of a sudden, it pops off the line, and it starts headed due east. And then I think there were several storms that lined up behind it. Yep. That all went tornado warned, and then once they crossed the Red River they weren't tornadic really anymore. And those warnings were dropped, but it was like three storms after that first one yep. that all got tornado warnings, just boom, 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 right after one, right after another. So um, that just area right there, that Southwest Oklahoma, Northwest ish, Texas area was just a very prime location. And 
we just weren't sent to that area because they've got to spread us all out in case I say us like I'm part of this team right now. I'm not, but <laughs> they, <laughs> they have to spread us all out, you know, just to cover the general area right. well and, and get on any storm that pops up or make it easy for one of us to get to a storm should one pop up. So that's totally smart. You know, when you have the amount of people that, you know, this, this team does, you can put, multiple assets in multiple locations and it's good. It makes for great coverage, but I do yeah. really love when everybody converges like on one cell from different angles, yeah. because that is really cool to me. So, yeah. And that's what they did on Wednesday as yep. I think there was three or four teams on it, just surrounding it, just yep. bringing it right on through Norman. And then they all basically, well, not all of them. I think two of them stayed in Norman and then two kept following it out um, to Shawnee. And then right after Shawnee, I believe it goes into uh, different news stations coverage right. area. So yeah, Tulsa would pick it up. That that becomes their yeah. demographic area. So the sister station for the one that's here. Yep. <laughs> and that's and that's the beautiful thing about having sister stations where you can pass off coverage. And I know that both stations occasionally will share chasers just because it's just it makes more sense to do that. Oh yeah. And one of the chase teams here in the city has a brother who chases for the sister station in Tulsa. That's pretty cool. Right. I think that's amazing. So it's just all in the family. (laughs) Insert joke about Midwest people keeping things in the family. But I'm (laughs) All right. What do you guys have coming up weather wise in Oklahoma? Um, you know, just tomorrow's risk for right now. Um, like I said, it is a slight for a lot of um eastern Oklahoma and parts of central Oklahoma. Um, we'll see what that looks like tomorrow if it goes up, if the slight is extended further west, whatever, you know, things happen the day of. Um, other than that, nothing really as far as severe weather yet. There are still rain chances throughout the week. Uh, we cool down a little bit on Tuesday as well, temperature wise, but, um, today is the big severe day and so is tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Well, out here in Portland, it's rinse and repeat. Uh, every other day is sun and showers. So today we have a slight chance of showers, but it's mostly sunny right now. Tomorrow will be full deluge and then back to sunny skies and then showers. And so it's rinse and repeat. Nothing really happening. Temperatures in the mid to mid sixties. We might get up to 70 on Tuesday. We could get as high as maybe 75 on Wednesday in another dry day. But other than that, not a whole lot happening. Well, We'll it's just it. the first few days of May, so we will see what this month has to hold. I don't think I said that right. Has to hold. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys on another good edition of B Squared next week. Bye.